Hey there, lab listeners. Chris here. This episode was recorded about a week ago. It's our eighth episode, and we've been excited about answering our first listener question. Why do people believe in conspiracy theories? Oddly enough, conspiracy theories surround one of the darkest days in American history in my lifetime. That day is today, January 6th, 2021 where people carrying weapons and, ironically, American flags attacked the Capitol building, interrupting the operations of our democratic republic, doing one of the things it does best, peacefully transferring power. I know many of you, like me, also feel this disappointment and sadness. These actions, however, do seem to add weight to our subject matter. And with that, on to the show. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Recombobulator, Recombobulator Lab, Lab with, with Jason, Jason Graham Nye and Chris Dominic. Chris Dominic, how are you? Jason, I'm doing just fine. Uh, boy, I'm thrilled that we got to have that that interview with Doug Keen because I've always wanted to ask somebody why people believe in conspiracy theories so that was kind of fun i thought it was brilliant also because you found someone obviously uh, who is no longer practicing so they have more free will to speak their mind <laughs> i've got a few things for you are you ready for i'm just going to get right to this quiz because i've been dying to ask you all right <laughs> the reason why we're doing this podcast on this topic is it's the first of our listener driven topic choices so Jonathan Lytle from Seattle, Washington said, why do people believe in conspiracy theories anyway? Because obviously it's such a big thing, but the timing couldn't be better. This morning, the results of an Ipsos poll, which is a, you know, more than a thousand people who are randomly polled uh, in America, identifying misinformation and conspiracy theories. So I've got a brand new, fresh, proper poll with a, a mere 3% error rate in it. And so, of course, I've got to ask you about it, Jason, because I know you you haven't seen it. So that's why I'm happy that I'm <laughs> asking you about it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, you'd probably notice I don't get my stuff out of the Australian papers. I was um, going to say, I get stitched up every week, every week. All of these statements are incorrect. I want you to answer the question, how many, what percentage of the population believes this to be true? And okay. this is all conspiracy theory related. Okay. okay. First one, several mass shootings in recent years were staged hoaxes. Oh, right. What percentage of the population thinks that's true? 27%. It's 12 Oh, so, sorry, America. Be, no, yeah. So you, it's nice that you think we're that crazy. I, I it's, 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 but, it, <laughs> but it's one in ten people still. I mean, that is you know, remarkable. You know, oh gosh. Okay, all right. Here's another one. Another incorrect statement. What, what percentage of people believe it's true? Humans do not play a significant role in climate change. God, I hope this is. I hope it's four percent. That's not your final answer. No, it's fifteen percent. I'm going to give you that one. It's seventeen. Oh, really? You're within the, yeah, you're within the uh, the rate the, of error. The rate of error. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Next one is what percentage of people think this incorrect statement is true? 
a group of Satan worshiping elites who run a child sex ring are trying to control our pol- our politics and media. This is QAnon, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, how many people are Q? Ten percent. What percentage of people believe that's true? Ten percent of people think that's true. That's what I would have guessed, but it's 17. Whoa! It's the same amount of people who think humans do not play a significant role in climate change. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Here's the next one. Incorrect statement. What percentage of people believe it's true? The majority of protests that occurred this summer were violent. Mm, Were violent. Were. Yeah, the majority Um, were violent. I think think 30% think think that way. You're, You're close. It's 47 so almost half the country thinks that most of the, I mean, it's a little unfair because if you look at what the media covered, it's mostly mm. people throwing things and, yeah. you know, I mean, th- there was a lot less coverage of at least like, okay, being here in Portland where a lot of this was, was happening, there was always a big peaceful protest that would occur that would get very little coverage except for on the local media. And then of course, a little later, Mm. Um, you know, people start throwing things and that's what gets all the cameras rolling. So yep. that one, that one might be a little unfair. Okay. I just got, now these are correct statements that people believe are incorrect. And I just oh, got wow. two. You ready? Yeah. I can't help myself. This one's just too good. Barack Obama was born in the United States. How many people think that is incorrect? Oh, are you serious? Yeah. What percentage of people think that's incorrect? Oh, just 5%. It's 19% of the population. Almost one in five people think Barack Obama was not born in the United States. Wow. There really is literally no evidence for that other than somebody started saying it because they're motivated to for mm. that to be true. They mm-hmm. just, you know, they're, they were afraid. They were very afraid. Okay, last one. Correct statement that is what percentage of people in America think it is untrue. Humans landed on the moon in the late 60s and the 70s. Oh, that's interesting. Of Americans, right? Americans. Americans. I'd say six percent. Yeah, uh, you're within the range of error. Really? It's eight. It's eight percent. Yeah. Okay. It, it, I see your point, right? You're thinking if you're some country that doesn't like us, uh-huh. then I'll bet you the number's higher because it's a yeah. motivated reasoning thing, right? It's like yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. that to be true. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. All yeah. right, man. Well, we're going to get to the expert now, Doug Keen, who is going to tell us a little bit about why people believe in conspiracy theories. We're here with former clinical psychologist and former president of the American Society of Trial Consultants, Doug Keen. Doug, we're happy you could join us. Well, thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Excellent. Hey, are you in Asheville, North Carolina this morning? I am. Yeah, it's kind of like riding out uh, the apocalypse in paradise. This is just a great place to be right now. You've sent me some amazing pictures of baby bears in your backyard and all sorts of beautiful things. It looks like an amazing place. Like Jason, where are you? Uh, do you want to be, can I be really honest? Yes. You're in a, you're in a closet. No, I'm in a hotel in downtown Sydney. Which, so a mate of mine, I used to be a school teacher and one of my students has just come back from Los Angeles. He did the 14 days quarantine and he's been here for like about a month and we caught up with him yesterday. And he said, you know, one of my mates, for some bizarre reason, gifted me a hotel room. But I now, my relationship with hotel rooms is, is like it's a prison. So would you like the hotel room? So Kim and I just celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary. So we're in the city in a hotel. It's really weird. That sounds like a <laughs> huge vacation these days, actually. <laughs> it's, it's so like strange. I, I mean, who knew that that would be the coolest thing you could do right now? Oh, but it probably is. Funny. 
Well, awesome. Hey, Doug, the reason why we were so curious to talk to you is we got a question from a listener. There's all these conspiracy theories that are going around. And, and, and I'm not sure if you've seen some of the latest polls or anything, but there's just some, it's an amazing percentage of the population. That, why do people believe conspiracy theories? And I thought, all right, well, one, I need a clinical psychologist. And two, I need a retired clinical psychologist. <laughs> 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 Somebody who no longer has a, any kind of a, a claim in the game, huh? Yeah. Well, I just was thinking the last couple times I asked somebody in a public forum, they gave me the, you know, they gave me the little chat afterwards about the APA and, and them coming after them and stuff. So I was just like, okay, let's not mess around with that. Uh, I need somebody who can just let it rip. Like, So where do we even start with something like this? Because it would seem like the very first thing you would presume is if I tell you some wacky story about, oh, I don't know, that doesn't seem to be even true in the first place. So we know there's a motive for people to believe what they want to believe, but where do we go from there? Well, I, I think that there's more than a motive. It's it's human nature to try to reduce uncertainty and to reduce the, the things that cause us distress over which we have no control. And I think we're experiencing is kind of an uptick in the, the scope of what those kinds of categories are like. People are extremely stressed out. They have been forever. So, you know, there's nothing new about conspiracy theories, but I think the real challenge is people are looking for a way of making the world less, less scary. And the more people who are under a lot of stress or people who are distracted are going to be more open to believing things without vetting the, the knowledge base for it at all. Just headlines and bumper stickers, whatever helps you get through the day. And there's a great deal of confusion over what constitutes reality, what constitutes actual news, what constitutes valid information. It, it's kind of baffling for those of us that actually pay attention to the news. But people who, who Google stuff, people who follow Facebook, they think think they're getting actual information instead mm -hmm. of stuff that's been absolutely narrowed and, and refined for their palate. Right. But it does seem interesting to me. For example, I had a friend tell me the other day that his friend, who he grew up with, told him that he was absolutely certain that the vapor coming out of the back of jet planes was a chemical that was being dropped by the government to control people. Have you ever even heard of that before? No, that's a new one. How nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I think if you travel in different circles, it's not. So when I was doing my own research on this, which is just pretty pedestrian, one of the things that did come up was that there there does tend to be a, a correlation between people who believe conspiracy theories and maybe divorced from society a little bit. Well, I think there that. That element certainly is represented in the conspiracy theory crowd, but roughly 50% of Americans believe at least one discredited conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. And depending on where you're coming from, it's going to take one shape or another. I, I think you have the, the kind of social misfits as the kind of crowd that you're alluding to. And that's the nicest way to say it. Um, but you also, you, you also have a lot of people who are just struggling to make sense of the world, yeah. who feel victimized, who feel marginalized, who don't feel like they really are getting a straight scoop or, or a fair deal out of life. Yeah. We now have these quasi news feeds that are going to give everyone an idea of exactly what you can validly believe in. The jet plane thing isn't, I mean, that's, that's pretty fringy. I would say, you know, if you, if you look, if you did a survey of wacky beliefs, 
that one is going to be way out at the end of the distribution someplace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for instance, the, the notions that drug companies invent illnesses so they can sell more medications, which is part of what happened at the beginning of, of the pandemic discussion, mm-hmm. that gets a lot more traction. I don't have numbers for you, but it's certainly a more commonly held belief. Vaccines cause autism. I mean, we've been fighting that one for years now. And it just keeps on coming. Yeah. It does. And the fact that it's C-level actresses and kind of wacky people (laughs) that are are promoting some of this stuff doesn't seem to matter if it echoes your basic sentiment, which is, I can't trust the authorities. I can't trust the government. This comports with my general view of the world, which is that people like me are getting screwed by people like them. People who feel divorced from the status quo. But it's, I th- Chris, I think, it, I think it's worse than that because it's people who feel that they have been marginalized by the mainstream, that they have been excluded, that they are no longer invited. And so they don't have an investment in the social consensus because they think that consensus is stacked against them. Do you think the disenfranchisement of the US, which seems to be greater than other major countries, means that there's more conspiracists in America? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that ended up being the case. The general mistrust of government is a pretty much a global phenomenon these days. The, the countries yeah. where it, it isn't on the rise are really the exception. People who have confidence in government, smaller group than it used to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think though there is a real direct correlation between trust in government and survival of the pandemic because we talked a bit about this last week. It, it, the pandemic seems to have revealed a nation's character and there's definitely the US sort of live free or die and there's a lot of people choosing the latter tragically. In, the, in Australia, at a DNA level, we very much do what the authorities say and so even like the, they just cancelled the news of fireworks they're a big fireworks they're the first in the world from a time world time thing and yeah. they're going to have the fireworks but no one's going on the boats no one's going on the foreshore that that's hundreds of thousands of people and absolutely they will do that which i find incredible why are we such sheep it's outrageous <laughs> Well, you guys also have a lot less dead people than we do. Yeah, there you go. I wonder what the difference between like a conspiracy theory and what we used to call old wives tales, which there can't that can't be an okay way to say that anymore. Is that Jason? No chance. I'm sorry. No, absolutely no chance. I'm going to have to look. I'm going to have to look up what the the proper way to say that is. (laughs) But but like, okay, so for example, all my life, I believed that MSG was bad for you. And it's not. Are you sure? Well, no, but <laughs> they've they've recently studied it and they've haven't found it to be bad or good. Like it's now, see that I would I would say to you that any conversation that starts with they have recently studied they being non-specific yeah, yeah. what they've studied is non-specific and the results are non-specific is is an excuse for believing anything you want to believe. Yeah, right. it's true. But let's just go with it this way. It turns out that the original MSG thing, which, you know, everybody ran away from Noah. Remember all the Noah MSG signs in the Chinese restaurants and things like that? Yeah, I mean, yes, I maybe, totally. maybe that was just in California. I don't know. No, no, but, we had it. Yeah, it, it, it turns out the beginnings of that are not really based in anything. It was just like a big rumor that got spread from an article that was published that wasn't true. So I don't know. That that 
That, of course, that could be not true. Well, regardless of whether that particular one is true, that model of distortion is extremely well established. And, yeah. and there are mm-hmm. a multitude of things that would fall into that category that justify sexism and racism and, and anti-vaccine. things oh, and yeah. vaccines, indeed. The anti-vaccine is based on one flawed study. It's stunning. It is stunning. Well, you know, and that is one of those things that you see is, is you know, confirmation bias is powerful when you see that one data point you like, right? You just point at it and go, that's the one. Uh, okay, here's another one. Uh, I grew up thinking cracking your knuckles was bad for your knuckles. It would give you arthritis. <laughs> Okay, you're laughing at me now. No, so, no, 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 no. My my younger son, yeah, my younger son does that, and we would tell him that, and then we had to go and search and look for the data. And then you're like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's not true. How about it, young man? Yeah. So, did you did you grow up with that one, Doug? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. The, they can the nearest anybody can figure out it was just a couple of British people who started the rumor because they found it annoying and they just wanted it to stop. If you do have arthritis, you can't really crack your knuckles. That's a fair point. Yeah, it's true. What about the role of the internet in all this? You know, back in the day when you'd have to interact with other people on a daily basis, you walk downtown, you you get your milk from you know the corner store or whatever, and then you go and you talk to the hardware guy that you talk to every day when you're picking up tools for whatever work you're going to do. You have to talk with these people and you have to have a conversation. And it just seems to me that it'd be a lot harder to maintain some whack job story. But now we get to hang out at home, particularly during COVID, and go to a part of the internet where everybody agrees with us. And then we get to feel like we're a part of that community. Well, I think it's it's weaponized fringe uh, thinking in a way mm-hmm. that um, we've not seen before. I, I don't know that there are more crazy theories now than before, but they have a way of broadcasting them that was never available. And, uh, you know, th- there is obviously no uh, restriction and, and no filter on what it is people can expose themselves to if they think so. Part of the problem with the Internet, though, is you have all of these seemingly legitimate websites and what they refer to themselves as as news outlets that are completely fallacious. And the most average schmucks that are are listening to the news or reading something on on the web don't realize that this has all been tailored for their consumption. This has been a curious if you will, for for their pleasure. And they are seeking to just affirm whatever belief you have, whether it's scientifically based or completely fallacious, that's just, they think it's news. And it's very difficult to undo that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jason, what's the common one you hear there? Is it it that we didn't go to the moon? No, no, no. We're very proud because because many Americans might not know this, but we we have a a huge uh, facility with America in the middle of the desert here. And when when the moon, when, when they went on the dark side of the moon, uh, only Australia could keep that link going. So this, uh, when they landed on the moon, so there's a fantastic documentaries about these four or five random engineers in the middle of Australia, and they were the only connection with Buzz Aldrin and the crew. And so, yes, no, that's not a commonly held uh, conspiracy theory here in Australia. What we're so internet, you know, it's so global. I think it's the same stuff. I mean, there's chapters of QAnon down here. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, 
All right. Okay. So I I think what Doug has given us gives us a great framework for how this works. Do I mean I just gotta ask, what would you do if you had a but way back in the day, a patient that came to you and said, Doug, I'm really worried about these radio waves. How would you work somebody back from something like that? What's the process? I think the 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 way that you talk to people about conspiracy theories is talking to them about their self-interest, talking to them about what makes the world a better place. Oh, can we do a little workshop? That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> it's super helpful. No, no, because I I lose my mind and I just question why I should continue living when I have when I read these things. So if you're talking to someone who's a full-on conspiracist, just to lay that out, your approach would be to ask them about their self-interest. Yeah, help me understand. You know what you're talking about is clearly very important. What is it that I need? What is it that I'm missing? How did you come to this this? understanding. Without dissing them, give them an opportunity to express what their thought process is. Mm. It's not likely going to change. And at some point you're going to get tired of listening to it. But if it's somebody to whom you are really attached, like your parents uh, embracing some wacky idea or you know, your, your sister who always seemed like such a reasonable person before, but now she's, she thinks that pedophiles are running the government. These are people you don't want to necessarily let go of. They probably know you don't agree with them, but honoring them by asking them their opinion, telling them that what matters to them is important to you. Those are the kinds of things that actually build connections between people. Yeah. And and it could be that your sister says to you, you know, I'm sorry you don't understand the truth of this, but I love you. And that may be all you get. Yeah, right? but that makes a ton of sense because really what you're trying to do is say, all right, let's not have a logical conversation about this. Let me understand what the motivation is with this person. Let me understand what they value. And then it'll help me understand what they want to be true. Absolutely. And it'll give you some insight into why it's so important for them to believe it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge correlation from what I can see between the anti-vaxxer movement and people who are anti-corporation in general and or people who um, have a strong susceptibility to the appeal to nature fallacy. You know, that just anything... But anything that's related to science they see as unnatural. I think what we're going to find is that there are a bunch of different paths to these kinds of views. And I don't think we're going to f- come up with a, some sort of unified model of the kind mm-hmm. of personality that, that is drawn to them or the kind of life experience or the kind of uh, philosophy. Liberals and conservatives both have their own conspiracy theories. True. Uh, people who deny health concerns, people who are rabidly concerned about health issues. I mean, everybody grasps onto these things, or at least those that are inclined toward conspiracy theories, grasp onto them for reasons that are probably somewhat individual. That's awesome. So, you know, I really appreciate that. Doug, that's awesome. I I was I'm curious. While I've got you, I've got to ask, what do you think this massive lockdown in America is going to do to the mental health of people? <laughs> well, it's obviously tremendously stressful, and I don't think you know. Again, I think thinking of it as the lockdown, where we're not able to go out and socialize, is one of the less impactful elements of this. Mm-hmm. I think far more uh, of far graver concern to me is the fact that people are becoming impoverished. People are becoming cut off from their social network and from intimacy. Yeah. And the things that we took for granted in terms of, of having a sense of community are really being eroded. Mm. Frankly, the, the food insecurity in the United States is off the charts. Um, 
I, I lived in Austin for 40 years uh, in Texas, as you know, Chris. And yeah. right now, there's a wonderful hike and bike trail that goes around the lake in downtown Austin. And you can no longer hike or bike on that trail oh. because it is one gigantic tent city for about three miles. Oh and God. no one in their right mind would want to go for a little jog or, or go walk the dog in the middle of that mess. Um, there, are, there are economic and social forces here that, that make it so much worse. If we have a house that we can be locked down in, we're winning. <laughs> Gosh, that's amazing. But boy, that's some real perspective. Uh, we have we've got some tent cities popping up here too. There's it's really gotten significantly different, particularly when you compare it to you know a few decades ago. Jason, just since we're on the topic, it, what's going on with homelessness in Australia? That's a completely different situation, right? I mean, you guys tend to do better in that than we do. It is, and we didn't. You know, you don't know how good you sort of have it because it's the water you swim in. You don't really realize. And when we moved to America for ten years. We got a sense of it. And I would run on that trail, remind me, Chris, going east to uh, a beautiful tra- Springwater Trail. Yeah. I'd run on the Springwater Trail. I'd put a little bit of money in my back pocket and I might see one person. It's a bit freaky in the mornings before the sun's coming up. You'd see someone in a tent and you might offer them something. And at the end of our time in Portland, I think with the new mayor, that Springwater Trail was unrunnable. I mean, just yeah. as said i mean it's exactly the same situation you're like wow in australia and this has been helpful for australians to understand where all our taxes go because we're a high tax country it goes into healthcare. it goes into hospitals we will never our icu will never be overrun with COVID. we are so well prepared our social net is very strong uh you know job keeper so our payroll protection our version of payroll protection has been going since March. It's easily extended through, I think, June next year. It's generous. It's It means people can keep um, living even though they've lost their jobs. It supports the employers as well. So it, it is a socialist country. Um, and it's so funny, that word. It's so triggering in America because I think they, they use, the use of that word is so people use it incorrectly and it's like we're like Venezuela. It's like, no, no. Obviously you, commie. Yeah, exactly. But there's obviously downsides. I mean, we moved to America to launch a business because America is one of the great countries in the world to be entrepreneurial, you know, and that's, right. we don't have that ecosystem here. So it is swings and balances, but it swings and roundabouts. Well, Doug, what, what, do you, uh, what do you got coming up here? I mean, is there anything interesting going on besides some, uh, some golf? <laughs> uh, you know, we're uh, looking forward to actually resuming life as we knew it. Uh, we would like to do some traveling. We'd love to see our kids again. We haven't seen our kids mm-hmm. in a year. Oh, man. Um, and yeah, I mean, our son lives six hours or I guess nine hours from here. Uh, he lives in New York. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a day's drive and we can't go visit him and he can't come to see us. Yeah. And so, you know, little little things like the meaning of life. Uh, await us. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, honestly, as I said earlier, if we have a house to be locked down in and we've got food in the cabinet and there's nothing that we have really be no wolves at our door, we're the lucky ones. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, maybe we can get that vaccine uh, distribution ramped up a little, <laughs> get you get you to see your kids a little sooner than uh, the way it's been going. Um, well, you work on that because we would like that to happen. Yeah, I'll, I'll call a few people for you. I'll, I'll make <laughs> some things happen. I, I know you're a connected guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> that might be a little above my pay grade. So, uh, Doug, it was so good having you on. It was great talking with you. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. And I, I'm looking forward to catching up with you real soon. Wonderful. And Jason, I look forward to meeting you down the road. Please. I'd love to do that. Thanks so much, Doug. All right. Bye, Take guys. Care, guys. 
All right, Doug Keen, laying down the, the laying down the law. You know, I, I couldn't help but think when I heard him say when you when you talk to somebody who has these beliefs, don't don't try and have a rational conversation with them. That's not gonna go anywhere. Instead try and basically have a dialogue with them where you learn what their motivations are and what their values are. And that'll help you kind of understand where they're coming from. And maybe it won't be as much of a, a fight about true and untrue. And I thought about Dale Scott saying, well, they're thinking with their heart, not with their head. <laughs> yeah, that was so, that was so, such lovely clarity. But I do like the idea of, as I imagine, you know, those conversations, rather than going to loggerheads, just to sit, walk through, like, tell me more about that or help me, under, help me understand it, I think was the phrase. Which I think is great. So it's a seeking of understanding rather than I'm right, you're wrong, which isn't going to end well. So I found that conversation fantastic. Yeah, it's it it really is practicing dialogue, which of course is also consistent with listening a lot more than you're talking um, and not judging. And these are all the things that we're not that good at, right? So, (laughs) but but it but it is something you you can get better at, and it's something you can do. And it's I think his point is also really good that you're going to have people in your life that you care about that are not going to agree with you on one of these things. And you don't have to disown somebody just because they've got some wacky belief. Empathy is, is a, a much more powerful thing here because, you know, it may be that the reason why this person believes what they do is because they're in a, they're in a bad spot. You know, they, they don't feel good about themselves or they don't feel good about the world. And, and they're trying to cope, turning them into bad people and, you know, putting them on the, and calling them evil or stupid is probably not helping. I, absolutely. And I think it's so e- it's such an easy place to go. It's sort of like sarcasm is the easiest form of humor. It's so easy to demonize those things that you don't understand. I think what's fascinating though, is when you encounter folks who set aside facts and logic and as, as Doug mm-hmm. said, it's like they, you know, particularly in the case of America, they have a deep love of America and it's expressed in a particular way. And when that helps me a lot understand the motivation behind why they believe the things they believe because it's framed in a particular way that's sort of unimpeachable. So I yeah. found that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Well, listen, uh, it's probably time to run. Uh, I want to make sure everybody continues to do what got us here today, which was please reach out to us on social media, uh, share with us what topics you'd like us to discuss, share uh, with us any questions you have that you'd like us to answer. Yes. And please uh, rate the podcast on your podcast player of choice. Obviously, we are working hard at getting massive sponsorship dollars in to fund our lavish lifestyles. And that just doesn't happen without you rating us five stars, preferably. Um, I, a shout out to my mother, my 82-year-old mother. Um, the one-star rating, Mum. what was that about? What, what's going on uh, there? Uh, my theme, Jason, was that we need to get the word out so that we can get to more people with this cool information that fills a void in media. <laughs> that, that, what you're, that was not what we'd agreed to. <laughs> Do we need an off-site meeting now? Do we need you, to take you this offline? You, we're on, we are, we are, we, those are different frames. Those are different, <laughs> those are different values. The oh, America-Australia divide getting wider by the minute. <laughs> yeah, but you just chose the America side, basically, and I took the Australia side. What's going on? We swapped. <laughs> money, money, oh, money, 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 money. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Well, hey, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye.
joining us at the Recombobulator Lab with Chris Dominic and Jason Graham Nye. Catch you next time.